0: Welcome to an episode of Pumpkin Spice Podcast. I'm Rob Schulte.
1: I'm Brittany. Hi.
0: Brittany, what our listeners are about to hear are some very unique episodes. And if they listen all through September, they're going to hear this intro every episode. You're welcome. (laughs) Yes, it's a little extra special thing. Some people don't know because we've gained a lot more attention in the most recent seasons. I started Pumpkin Spice Podcast with a guy that I knew back in Kansas named Graham, who we worked at the same video store. Graham lives in Texas now, and uh, is no longer a co-host to the show. You are.
1: Yeah, it's me now.
0: (laughs) But we had done a lot of different episodes together, and it was a different format. It was a different type of show. We were still getting our legs. It was the first podcast I ever created when I moved to New York.
1: I know, that makes it so special. It's your first little baby podcast. This is a big boy now.
0: <laughs> we got the big pants on.
1: Yeah, pumpkin head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I recently unearthed some of these old episodes from the vault. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I wanted to put them out just during the month of September so that people could get a taste, a little feel, knowing that like this October, we have a whole new season of Pumpkin Spice Podcast.
1: A whole new season.
0: <laughs> Don't you dare close your jack o' lantern!
1: I would never. I would. No, not dare. Who has already started decorating for Halloween? Me.
0: Yes. The orange fake leaves are up over my <laughs> fireplace. I'm <laughs> waiting for Freddy to come down the chimney.
1: It's such a classic. It's just like such a good ambiance.
0: The lattes are already here, so really I'm are. sipping them. But I, I, I think we should point out that like the cool thing about the older episodes you know sometimes people tell us they're like why haven't you done Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th and we're like well because they were done in the past of this podcast so through September people are going to get those episodes.
1: Yeah enjoy hearing about horror movies without my input if you dare.
0: It's it's troubling to think but (laughs) it happened
1: I don't want to think about it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well Brittany we should let people know though that After September, those episodes will not be in the public feed. That's right. But all of those episodes are available on our Patreon.
1: They really are. So if you want more access anytime, not just in the month of September, head over to our Patreon. Throw down some dollars. You'll support us in the podcast. We'll be able to pay Jeremy. Jeremy's like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get like unlimited content. Yeah, and the
0: bonus episodes. People love the bonus episodes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm actually getting a text right now, like, what? more bonus episodes. Well, there's only way to get it.
1: You're, I was like, Mom, I told you I was recording. Yes. <laughs> Click. So, listener,
0: head to patreon.com slash pinkjeans so that you can gain access to all our bonus episodes and help out the production of this podcast. And without further ado, here's a ancient episode of pumpkin spice podcast
2: Hello everyone and welcome to Pumpkin Spice Podcast. I'm Graham Young. And I'm Rob Schulte. We're back to talk more Maniac Cop... It's Mania here at Pumpkin Spice, With Maniac Cop 3, but yeah, um, I I think that the the title for this episode we decided on was uh, Maniac Cop 3, You Had Me at Maniac Cop 2. Badge of Silence is what it's supposed to be, but yeah, you had me at
0: Maniac Cop 2 because... Well, I mean, I think it's it's known far and well that this may not be the most popular of the Maniac Cop films.
2: And William Lustig might agree with us on that. Uh, really? Yes. Well, he actually walked off the set. Really? Uh, yeah. And the movie was finished by Joel Schumacher. I... Well, no, I it's a it's a name that I I can't pronounce. Um I was actually gonna ask you this before we started the episode, Rob, but let's see if you can if you can tackle this. I'm gonna spell this out for you, and you give me the proper pronunciation. This is a new uh, Okay, I love love segments. You know that. Okay, Okay. so his last name is S S O O I I S S S -S 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 O N. O-N.
0: Soysen is would be like what it seems phonetically But I guess you could say like, no, soy sense. That's that's what I would think. All right, uh, grammar
2: nuts, come come and get us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're waiting for you,
2: Graham. I don't know. Well, anyway, Uh, we'll we'll just say good old Joel uh, Joel took over took over for William Lustig uh, after he walked off the set. Was a producer
0: ended up being a director. Wow. Wait, is there an actual story? Has it leaked? Has the scoop
2: already happened? Like, why did he leave the set? Well, stormed off. Quit. Well, yeah, he stormed off. And here's the thing. Like, he's used to sort of having these types of problems. Like, the production on Maniac Cop 2 was insane. And he endured that. And and the the movie was a success. But with part... A shining light, some may say. Yeah, it's it's an amazing film, but part 3 again there were problems and I believe the 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 cut that he turned in was only like 51 minutes and he was like that's all I could get that's all I could squeeze out of, uh, out of what we shot and the the uh, producers of the film were pissed and the uh, current running time on the version that I watched, Rob, was 85 minutes. So yeah, the movie is not the best in the series and yeah. our, our point being, uh, William Lustig would probably, uh, I'm sorry, Bill Lustig uh, would probably agree with us on that. You know that, I know that, she knows that, Scumbag knows that.
0: My head was put in a very specific spot of dislike I can get through the previously on this film text crawl, okay? I can get through that even though it shouldn't have been there. But I had to text you because I was like, I don't know what this uh, advance in technology or change in technology is that now the films look like they are on USA Up All Night. And you had to inform me that this
2: was the time that videotape became readily available yeah we used to call it shitio when we were kids like you go to the VHS you go you go to the rental store and you, you you grab a tape only to find out that it was shot on video and it would just like ruin the night what does that mean like let's break that open so it's not shot on 35 millimeter film which was pretty much the standard in the 1980s uh throughout the 19 most of the 1990s so
0: it was less expensive is that? really what's going on here significantly
2: less expensive yeah that speaks to the quality of film that's true but i i do want to point out that i do love films that are shot on video i do love films that are shot digitally um
0: i when you see that it's implanted in your brain because you have seen some negative films is this what
2: you're telling me when you go to the video store like the first time we ever saw a, a movie shot on video it was probably kind of a bad one you yeah, know, yeah. Like so, and off the top of my head, I cannot think of any good examples <laughs> of of great movies shot on video. I'll think of them here in a few. Um, of course, when we wrap up the episode, I'll save it for next time. <laughs> um, but but yeah. Um, so there's a quality dip right off the bat that that uh, you uh, sort of notice. Yeah, it it's, it totally
0: puts it puts it in perspective that. Um, this movie didn't have the budget of the previous ones. Or even if that's not true, that's what's been planted.
2: This filthy creep's going to make us rich. The, the movie does have some 35 millimeter shots, but only when they flash back to uh, Maniac Cop 2, which they do a lot in this uh-huh. movie. And I think a lot of the padding from 51 minutes to 85 minutes comes with the flashbacks to part two. Really? That makes a whole lot of sense. And at that time, Joel was probably just thinking, "What I gotta give the audience what they want. Uh, Maniac Cop 2. Before we get too much
0: further, we should give our listeners who maybe have not wanted to endure this uh, structurally shaky film, how about I read the IMDb user-generated storyline? Sounds good. Okay. A female cop is gunned down and wrongly accused of using excessive force in a hostage rescue attempt. Maniac Cop returns from the dead once more to seek revenge, destroying everything and anyone that stands in his way. Written by a guy named Rob. Not me, though. He's got a different last name. Would you say that's accurate, Graham?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty short and to the point, but um, th- there, there's pretty much two storylines going on with Maniac Cop 3. And in my opinion, they don't mix very well. Rob, did you want to get into that a little bit further?
0: Yeah, well, are you talking about the uh, Robert Davi
2: sexual dynamo storyline? That being one, and then also, and we're just going to go ahead and get into this, Rob. Sure. The voodoo stuff. Of course. (laughs) Now, um... We have previously recorded episodes
0: where we have had voodoo debates um, and, and just discussions, let's say. There's no real debate. Uh, so we have established our thoughts that the listeners will hear in the coming weeks. But but Graham, feel free to act as if we have never had those
2: conversations. Okay, yeah. Uh, basically, Rob and I have come to the determination that um, voodoo is, in a horror film, will kill that movie unless it makes sense, either in its like its location or it, it, it makes sense culturally. Like, but yeah,
0: historically, something's going on here. Like, it's really,
2: it's not a tool to be wedged into any film. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It doesn't work, and especially if your film takes place in New York City. With Maniac Cop 3 or uh, Child's Play in Chicago, those really aren't known for voodoo hotbeds. And uh, it doesn't work for me, Rob. Did it work for you? No. It would be, it's, you know, tiptoeing around,
0: like, fringe religions and groups, like, already kind of a bad look to begin with. But they don't do it well, and it doesn't make a
2: lick of sense in the film. You know, Larry Cohen worked with Lustig on these scripts. He's like, he's a great writer director, and I don't know what he was uh, thinking with this. But yeah, uh, voodoo is not uh, the way to go. I I don't think it's particularly that uh, scary. What's with like the eighties? You know,
0: like something must have been like going around. Like that was a a new hype thing, Uh, because that would have been just before the like. Well, this would have been around the time of Satanic Panic. So that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Same Um, with, well, but Child's Play was earlier. What if Child's Play is like a precursor to the satanic panic because of the devil worship voodoo kind of
2: occultiness to it? that's true I thought that would have been going on since like the late 70s though well it, I'm it, sure it probably started way sure, back sure but, but definitely that is a part of it but uh, like the I early
0: mean, 90s was when people were doing like regression therapy stuff you know yeah. saying like oh yeah a cult like abducted me and burned my skin and there was no the FBI I'm on a big tangent here Graham but there were no satanic cults in America Hey, Brittany, this podcast is made possible by our supporters on Patreon.
1: That's so true.
0: This is a labor of love. We enjoy every show that we create together, but we were able to bring another person onto the team, and that's Jeremy, and we can pay him through the people who give us like five bucks a month over on Patreon. It's awesome.
1: It's amazing. We're so glad to have Jeremy, and we appreciate having supporters like our patreon members and we want more more the merrier
0: yeah it's true you pay seven dollars for netflix but you can also pay for any sort of content that you enjoy um this is no guilt to anyone these podcasts are free but if you enjoy it for the price of a cup of coffee you can get us some happiness some payment to someone who helps us and bonus episodes
1: The more patrons we have, the more episodes we can do. Imagine, I mean, let's come up with a number. Let's just say 6,000 patrons. (laughs) We would just do episodes every day.
0: It's true. Every single day we would do an episode.
1: I mean, just think about that.
0: So I think our our big goal is 6,000 patrons. Yeah. And let's just say this year because we don't know what year, what we're counting by which Gregorian calendar. Uh, <laughs> we'll start with trying to get 50 patrons. How about that?
1: Yeah, let's just start with 50.
0: Yeah, and then we'll, 6,000 will be step two, but the only way we're going to do that is people go to patreon.com slash pinkjeans and uh, pledge their support. That's right. All right, let's get back to the show.
2: Well, I don't mean to get too, like, political, but do you think that the satanic panic is still going on today? Oh, I think to an extent, but I'm not exactly sure which
0: direction it might have taken. Because there was a time just after the huge panic, like the Dungeons and Dragons scare, that, like, uh, Marilyn Manson's Antichrist superstar came out. And I remember people up in arms. Like, they are so freaked out in middle America and, well, probably other places, too. But then not four years ago, I saw some track and field family event where the shot put person had the beautiful people as their like pump up jam and people were cheering moms and kids. So I don't know. I don't know what happened exactly.
2: It's weird. Yeah, I can remember people figure, freaking out about Marilyn Manson and looking back on it in like retrospect. it was just like, like really crappy music <laughs> and why, why anyone would be frightened of that. Is like
0: insane. Voodoo brings back uh, Cordell, the maniac cop. Even though previously Voodoo was not necessary.
2: True, that you bring up a good point, Rob. But what was the point of bringing him back? They never go into that.
0: No, I think you're right. There's no reason for it. There, it's uh... there's no there's no character motivation for him to to bring him back. No. What do they try and squeeze in there that, like, they need him for that, like, crime they're trying to
2: commit? I have no idea. Basically, the two plots connect whenever Gretchen Becker... uh, plays Katie Sullivan. And so Katie Sullivan is um, the cop that is forced to gun down this crazy man in a pharmacy. And she is mortally injured in the process. And um, basically, they're going to try to use voodoo to bring her back to life, which doesn't work out at all. So I don't even know why that was even a thing, but it was. And if if this sounds, like, convoluted or we're not making that much sense, I doubt watching the film would help you at all.
0: Yeah, you might get a
2: better grasp
0: on story if you can pay attention longer than us. So, um, could have been I was having a bad watch, but both of us having a bad watch? Uh, I think the
2: odds are in our favor here. Well... I think that the bit, one of the big differences between Maniac Cop 2 and Maniac Cop 3 is the pacing. And in Maniac Cop 2, you're, every scene is just there's something going on. It's, it's riveting. Were, yeah, slow and, and long in this one. And didn't really go anywhere. And I didn't really see much of a point of the Maniac Cop being back. Yeah. Uh, he was
0: used as a tool, but that didn't. Actually, get any follow through as well, I think.
2: It's like bringing back Freddy Krueger and like, you're like, hey, Freddy, but all the Elm Street kids are dead. And Freddy's just like, yeah, I just thought I'd hang
0: out. Oh, also, instead of using like any of my supernatural abilities, I think I'll just use a
2: gun the whole movie. Yeah, that was super lame, wasn't it? Yeah. That must be the most cruel injustice of all. There was. A couple of stunts that are not as good as the second. And I was kind of getting into the movie at that point. So there's like two cars riding alongside of each other. And the driver in one of the cars is on fire. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, you know? And yeah. and wow, that's an incredible stunt because they had to get the car going and, th- and then they got to light the person on fire and the guy's kind of reaching uh, for the people in the other car and it's it's a really cool kind of setup. And they're like, hey, you know, we, we got to go faster to lose this guy. And no one thought to hit the brakes yeah. in the other car. You will stop and the other car will continue on. And... You're just like, duh, and you're unable to enjoy the scene because it's stupid. And um, there are, I mean, I i think whoever uh, was driving the car on fire, that's an amazing thing, but really at the service of nothing. Oh, man. Graham, you said it all, which leads me to something that was
0: very, very important in my book when watching this movie that I've talked about a little bit already. In that scene... Like, Robert Davi gets out of his seat, and the other woman... Dr. Susan Fowler. Yeah, Dr. Susan Fowler gets in the seat to drive, and then after they do all of their... Like, he throws an oxygen tank in the back of the car um, to get rid of the maniac cop, Cordell, and he gets back in the driver's seat. Like, well, I mean, I am the man. I need to be driving the car. Yeah. Whereas... If he would have thrown the oxygen tank in the back seat and then been like, drive, 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 they would have had an even further head start. Yeah. You know,
2: but I'm the man.
0: Yeah, it just really felt like that, which leads me back to the very first scene. They introduce him as this like motorcycle jacket wearing sexual figure because of the cop that he's flirting with. But, like, they're in a shooting, an underground indoor shooting range, and she makes comments of, like, oh, you don't need ear protection? And he's, like, he says something, but it's essentially, like, nah, babe. And you're just, like, you don't have super-powered ears. Yeah. It's, like, he's, like, a superman for being a man, but nothing about him reads as flirty, attractive, Fun to be around, or even dangerous. Like, dude, I think it's a faux
2: leather jacket too. I, I was confused because it looked like he was wearing a tuxedo for most of the movie. <laughs> now, his bow tie was undone, you know, because it's kind of that cool look. Like, oh yeah, he's just like, he's letting after lay the loose. party look. Yeah, but yeah, but he's wearing like a fucking tuxedo, and he's a cop. He's a New York. He's a New York City cop, even though the movie's shot in fucking L.A. And it's so obvious. Are you saying his motorcycle jacket looks like a tuxedo? So, he's wearing his motorcycle jacket, and then underneath, he's wearing what appears to be, or what looked like to me, to be a tuxedo. Are you sure that he's not wearing a bolo tie? No, I'm from Texas. I would have noticed that. Dude, here's the thing. If you're, like, in a biker gang, right, but you've been invited to the ball, whatever city you're living in. Dude, go for that Robert Davi Maniac Cop 3 look. It's not going to let you down, and you'll look (laughs) stunning. Oh, God. Nothing
0: about him screams danger or action star. Do you think he had a hand in this? Because that first scene was, like, agonizing
2: to get through. Yeah, I I think that clearly everyone was in for the paycheck. I, I don't know, man. Like, it just... It seems like it's a movie that no one wanted to make. Yeah. It was just kind of like almost, Let's. I'm not almost, it, it was a cash grab. Um, and too much and, had been sunk in by the time Bill
0: left the set.
2: Yeah. And I think that with the success of Maniac Cop 2, I think the studio was kind of thinking, hey, it's 1993 and horror franchises are still going on. Uh, I mean, New Nightmare came out in 94. Yeah. Yeah. Um and Scream uh, came out three years later, I believe. That's true. Jason Goes to Hell came out ninety three, I think. Look anyway. back to last
0: year's season if you'd like to know exactly yeah. when
2: it came out. Um, Graham,
0: I think we should take time right now to go to that break. Okay, and in our breaks, I do our call to actions. We have our Patreon page where. You can go and donate $3 to support us, $1 if you want, or $5 to give bonus episodes from Graham and I. So that's pretty exciting, don't you think, Graham? That's a steal.
2: What would you want your number one bonus episode to be? I'm, I'm so c- sort of set on Pumpkin Spice talking about horror films, and if I could pick any movie, just a one-off to do, yeah, it would be my favorite vampire movie of all time. What's that? Vampire, 1971, and it is my favorite uh, vampire movie of all time. So if you want to hear us uh, talk about, say it one more time,
0: Graham, then get to that patreon.com slash pumpkin spice podcast and pledge $5. That is not a lot of money. Now, if you can't do that, a rating and review on Apple podcasts will do just fine. Uh, helps us stand out in a crowd. And if you can't do that, please, tell a friend. It might be a fun show. They might enjoy it, and maybe they'll do the previous things. The pressure's not all on you. But it's gotta be on someone. And Graham, don't lie. Okay, let's get back into the show. There's not much left to be said about this episode, and then we gotta tip people off on what to expect next week, but... Does our show need a tagline, do you think? Or do you think we're good at just letting it flow the way it does? I have to think of a tagline. It's Um, like where every day is Halloween,
2: where every episode is, I don't know, Castle Rock. So it'd be hard to beat the uh, tagline that I have for my game show. Uh, My co-worker Brian Blake came up with this Brian if you're listening to this the, the tagline for a game show is if the questions are too hard watch more movies yeah that's good that's damn good but no for a tagline for this show um, uh, stay spooky oh stay spooky I like it <laughs> or uh, uh, get groovy for the movie whatever that means uh, I don't know get groovy for the movie whatever that means
0: I don't know Okay, we're going to workshop them. Whatever wins in the next few episodes, we'll just tack at the beginning of all of our fall episodes. During an event which can only be described as a black rainbow of terror.
1: We are interrupting the broadcast for some additional information.
0: Yes, very important.
1: Rob... We have another podcast.
0: We do. I know. I know. People are like, another podcast?
1: How do you guys manage all of these podcasts? You have a horror movie podcast. What else could you possibly... Well, guess what? We have another podcast. It's called The TV Show Show. It features myself and Rob. And season three features a fresh new guest on every episode.
0: Yeah, it was... a. Uh quite a journey but a fun one at that it's like a roller coaster you know it's like oh I'm a little I'm a little frightened I'm a little frightened woo that was
1: the best shouldn't have eaten that hot dog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I did and there's no regrets I kept it down and we have amazing guests award-winning tv writers we have tv aficionados all kinds of people people who are in tv we
0: watched er we watched friends we watched Knight Rider. Oh my God, Night Rider.
1: Gosh, 90210 when Brandon does drugs. That was so stressful.
0: It was. Why did that guy wear a giant shirt with a four on it anyway?
1: A giant shirt? No, it was oh, a yeah. regular size shirt and a giant four.
0: If anything, it was a tight shirt.
1: The point is, you've just got to see it to believe it. And by see it, I mean listen to it. The TV show show featuring myself and Rob. Check it out.
2: Did you have a favorite part? Uh, yes, when the movie ended. <gasps> no, um, I did. Like I said, I enjoyed uh, the stunt work at the very end, even though it didn't make logical sense for the film. Um, there was an actual person that lit themselves on fire and drove a car for an extended period of time, and that is amazing. And whoever did that, whoever did that, Rob, should get an Academy Award. I agree. It
0: was. The only part of the movie that really kept my attention the entire time. I even put my phone on like the other side of the room because I found myself getting that distracted. But that scene, albeit they could have just slammed on the brakes, was fun to watch, especially when Robert Davi needed to drive.
2: Yeah. He needs to flex his man muscle um, every now and again. I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, that Jackie Earl Haley is in this movie. He is the... uh, Stick Up Man at the Pharmacy.
1: You can't hurt me because I'm immortal. Look at this sick bastard.
2: Most people will probably know him from the uh, bicycle film or bicycle racing film uh, Breaking Away. Um, I know, Rob, you probably are, are most familiar with him from the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. One of your favorites.
0: Oh yeah, just right up there on the top of the DVD shelf. (laughs) You know what? I I mean, obviously, we don't really have very many DVDs these days.
2: Well, here's the thing, everyone. You know, I'm in New York City right now, where I'm getting ready to go back to Texas, and I'm looking at Rob's DVD setup right here. And you have you have a good, decent collection for people that don't own physical media anymore. Buttercream Gang, Buttercream Gang Part Two. Uh, the peanut
0: butter solution.
2: You noticed something weird? Yeah. That you had placed a Nightmare in Elm Street uh, the remake on the DVD rack so everyone could see it. But then in the trash bin next to your DVD rack are all seven original Nightmare and Elm Street films. So what what's a, w- what is what's going a blatant on here? You're lying.
0: You are trying to, <laughs> you're trying to smear <laughs> my name.
2: What's what's going on, man? Do we need we need to talk?
0: Uh, obviously a prank has been pulled that I will rectify <laughs> when I visit you in Texas. Anyway bad movie Ma- Maniac Cop 3. I say you can skip it. Um, we never really say skip it or whatever but I would say uh, two and one in that order.
2: You know what I would say as well as Lars Eric's dad would say I would say delete that. <laughs>
0: done and done so uh, if you'd like to join us next week we don't plan on stopping but this time we're taking Graham's Cadillac or El Camino whatever I said you were driving And uh, we're heading to Texas. Would you like to tell us a little
2: bit more about that, Graham? Deep in the heart of Texas. um, Yeah, we'll be traveling to Austin, Texas, uh, my home. And we're going to talk about the greatest American horror film of all time and its sequels. And um, possibly the greatest horror film in general of all time. I'll let you think about that. And we'll see you next episode.
0: Hey, Brittany, I've got another podcast.
1: What? Tell me everything.
0: It's called Vanderpump Robs. It's where I recap episodes of the reality show, Vanderpump Rules.
1: Oh, I'm familiar.
0: Yes, Uh, I finished season one. Loved it. Thank you, you were a guest on my final episode, which was awesome. I'm working on season two, and not only do I recap episodes, I also have a few bonus episodes here and there with actual cast members of the show. (gasps) Yeah. So uh, you can listen to Vanderpump Robs wherever you are listening to this podcast. And guess what? Brittany's going to be a guest again, people. It, it, it's what? fun. Yeah. Hopefully.
1: It's going to be great.
0: Fingers crossed.